The Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. And brought to you by the sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, now available in 44 states at statesidevodka.com. On today's show, even when they win against the Raptors, it is a chore. Two against the Raptors, both equally ugly. At least we come up with a way a win out of the uh, second one. Danny Green tried to stop it. He did right at the end there. He tried. Uh, ben Simmons is an all-star. Tobias Harris is not. We will update the uh, MVP race. Anthony Davis maybe ahead of LeBron. Is James Harden a candidate now? Uh, Boogie Cousins is available. We'll talk about that. And potential confrontations with Brian Colangelo and Scott O'Neill in the mailbag. This week on the Carl Landry Record Club, we welcome Andrew Unterberger and Jason Lipschitz to do our first ever new music club. They bring five songs, and we talk about all five new ones from Pooh Shiesty, Olivia Rodrigo, SZA, Camp Trash, and Rebecca Black. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. And I mentioned Stateside Vodka. You can order in 44 different states. It didn't used to be that way. Just PA, DC, no, 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 no. All 44 states, distilled seven times, gluten-free, kosher, carb-free, supports the Ricky, right? A pro-Ricky company made right here in Philly. Uh, go to statesidevodka.com. Like I said, 44 different states. They also have curbside pickup here in Philly. They're available at all the state stores in Philly, Total Wine and Spirits in Jersey and Delaware. Um, again, statesidevodka.com. You must be 21 to drink and sign up for the newsletter at rightstreakysanchez.com slash newsletter. Without any, firm, blah, 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 blah. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has always believed in Danny Green, Mike Levin. God, these Raptors games. They are. Are tough. Really I did tough. not mind, I really didn't mind the first game. Mm-hmm. It was a slightly aggravating loss just because shots weren't going in, but I did think they played well. I thought they moved the ball well. They got to the line a lot. They took a decent amount of threes, and then just mm-hmm. a bunch of things stopped falling. 37 threes in the first game. I think 35 in the second, too. But yeah. Yeah, they, this, was the, this was the first game in a long time that they've uh, made more threes than their opponent. I found tonight's game, honestly, uh, t- tonight's win more frustrating than the other night's loss. So, I don't know. What, maybe I'm mixing it up. The, maybe, I, <laughs> maybe I expect too much of these guys. But this was, this was a brutal one. But I'm, I'm fine splitting with the Raptors on the road, especially because they were... Five and twenty-five in their last 
30 road games against the Raptors? Or is it their last 30 games entirely? I'm actually not sure. This is the, They snapped a 16-road game losing streak, even when they're in fucking Tampa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you've, you've officially gone to Tampa. <laughs> it is Tampa. It, is, it Tampa. is Tampa for me. They won the Super Bowl. It's Tampa. He is the mayor and also the namesake. Here's, here's what I, I take away from the Raptors, who are infuriating. And by the way, you can really see why they won the championship when they had Kawhi. Because mm-hmm. though they have a bunch of like players I'd like to have on the Sixers, there's it, it's not like the, the top-end talent is not particularly impressive, right? Um, and you, you add Kyle Lowry to it and you add Kawhi to it. But somebody tweeted me and said this, and then Allah mentioned it twice. And because Embiid had two pretty subpar offensive games, especially considering his, is that it might not have been Marcus all like they, they, their defense is so chaotic and swarming and relentless. And it definitely fucks with him. Like obviously having Marcus all there made it easy for them to do it, but they didn't have anything resembling Marcus all, you know, and they were even going small a bunch of the time. And, for for the first time this season, I felt like Embiid was not handling the pressure particularly well, you know? Yeah, this was... Um, I thought he passed really well in that first game. He only had two assists, but they were missing everything, so I don't think that's a good representative sample. And also, they swing the ball around a lot, and so mm-hmm. him making the first pass out is not always the assist guy. Yep. I thought tonight's game was the worst passing game of Embiid's career. Um he had six turnovers. I'm just saying this now, just eye test wise. He had six turnovers, two assists. He just like worm burners, yeah. weird kickouts, weird decisions, cross courts for nothing. And I think some of it is the Raptors' defense. I think they're swarming. I think they're long and they anticipate. Um, but he was just really, really sloppy and careless. And I think a lot of it was just on his own carelessness and probably some frustration Yeah, with just the idea that he just doesn't like getting double teamed every single time and from a different angle and from a different guy and in a different position. And so I think sometimes he's just frustrated to have to give the ball up and he doesn't take it seriously a lot of the time when he's, when he's in that mode, he's just like bad pass. Like it makes a difference. Like I, it's not like a fun thing to talk about, but like a clean pass into Tobias's shooting pocket is a three point. That's a three, that's three points. A bad pass at Tobias's left calf that he has to like dribble with at one time allows them to rotate over because they're fast and they anticipate and they move well. That's nothing. And then all of a sudden it's like a end of shot clock heave that and that's all because Embiid is not making what is really a simple pass that he's just kind of throwing away sometimes. Now he he's also makes great passes. Like this whole season he's been an impressive passer this season, but I this is the tonight's game was the was the I think the sloppiest passing game I've I've seen of his and it was really aggravating. Yeah, he looked he looked pretty gassed too. This is the you know, he's a he's a sweater, so you, you can't really tell. And he's a he he looks like he's laboring even when he's not, like when when play stops, you know, when he goes to the free throw line, that sort of thing. But he looked looked a little worn out in this game. And it looked like he I was watching with the sound off in the, the second half of the fourth quarter, but it looked like he did he tweak his back or something or it looked like Yeah. Okay. I think I think there was like one one Siakam drive that, that he tweaked his back and stuff. It just I mean that's the kind of thing where, you know, it ended up the fourth quarter took or the last two minutes of the game took an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um with reviews and stupid turnovers and fouls and all that stuff. Uh I really would have loved when they were up 13 with like a minute 46 left. 
take those guys out. Just take them out. Just make the choice to have ball handlers out there. There, that's it's gonna be fine. And it was fine. It was frustrating. Danny Green, let's do it. Let's do it again. Let's talk about it. Danny, two moments a game, every game, two moments a game. Well, they were within and, five seconds of each other this time, at least. Well, there was one that was the the step back three that he tried to take uh, off the dribble. That was stripped. I think it was uh, DeAndre Bembry. That was the easiest strip I've ever seen in my life. And then, of course, the cross-court pass uh, in a press with one hand. That was, you know, he may as well just place it at half court and ask somebody to come get it. <laughs> Just nonsense. He can't be in the game at the end. At the end of no, the game, no, he has to. Especially be. when they're up. Especially when they're up. <laughs> no, because it's like you need him. If he, if there's a chance that someone is going to make him dribble or do anything or make a decision, but did, who are you? Gonna, it really is. It's twice a game, and it's and it's and it's shocking how how bad it is for a veteran, for a guy that's won three championships. Who are you going to put well in respected. instead of him? Just like young Danny I mean, Green, Cor- Matisse. Thibault? No, I mean at this point, I would absolutely put in if they're up. I'd put in Korkmaz, I'd put in Maxi for ball handling, anyone, <laughs> anyone else, <laughs> anyone else, anyone else. Like, just can't, we can't be doing Danny Green stuff. And, and, that, and I think those moments spoiled how good he's been shooting and how willing he's been shooting, especially, like, I, I hate Danny uh, dribble, dribble into threes. I think it's just bad. I think he just doesn't have the coordination at this point in his life. Um, but when the ball swung to him, and he's standing still, like, he rises up, and he looks good. And he also was getting a ton of deflections and steals. He had uh, three steals tonight. He had six, five, six steals in the last game. Like, he's been he's been doing that. And then, But th- it's two plays a game. It really is two plays a game that stick with you that make you want to, you know, banish him to, a, to honestly, not the Holocaust, but the area where the Holocaust oh my happened, I think, <laughs> is, I think is fair. He should go back to where <laughs> no, that is. No, no. He, he should go and visit it and, and you know, enjoy the museums and stuff. I feel like I should. But obviously. I got to take that out. I, like, you want him to go no, to the Holocaust? It's a joke. He's a, he, it's the, uh, he took a selfie in front of the Holocaust and said, no, I had to do I it to know. him. And I'm not obviously setting him to the Holocaust, but he should just go when he's at the ends of games. He should go visit the Holocaust Museum. That's what he should do. <laughs> if everyone knew the fucking tweet that I had to take down because <laughs> you, and then you make this joke. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what you mean. Uh, you sent me a message about something. Oh, somebody else. Yeah, yeah, me. yeah, yeah. I was. Cl- I mean, I'm clearly not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a. It's just a dumb joke. Uh, look. Uh, okay. Good things. Good things from these games. Uh, well, first of all. I don't want to play the Raptors in the fucking playoffs. No. I don't. Especially not in, like, the seven seed. And I, I got to tell you, the, the, it's getting... And I'm sure I will be boastful and confident once the playoffs start. But it's getting, like... I started looking around, and I'm like, well, fuck, I don't want to play the Raptors. And then Miami wins three in a row. I'm like, fuck, well, I don't want to play them in the first round either. And then I'm yeah. like, I don't want to fucking— might be the, might be the Celtics. They, they lost to Dallas. And I don't want to fucking—I don't want to play anybody. I, <laughs> I want to beat the Celtics. If I, want, yeah. I absolutely want the Celtics. I'm not saying the Sixers will absolutely win. Right. Like, right. they're morons. But I want to beat the Celtics in the playoffs. I would like to beat the Celtics as well. That would feel very good for me personally. Fucking Nets winning seven in a row without Durant. I just—I want to—if we get a bye through the entire—does the first seed yeah. get a bye through the entire— Thing. Uh, Milton, Shake Milton coming back and hitting threes. I will say, 
boy, that shot looked a little janky in the first game, and it seemed like the it's... The ball looks heavy for him. Ball looks right. heavy right he's now. He's heaving but then, it. But he's he shooting hit, it like Maxi. A little bit, yeah. But he had uh, he had three threes in both games, got hot in the second half. Yeah. Huge. It's really good to have him back. And he's still working his way back. He, he's, you can tell he's not 100% yet, but that three ball going in and being willing to shoot it three for six tonight, three for seven uh, the other night, that's like, those are, that's important. And it, I don't think it's a surprise that Shake being willing to shoot that now is... Uh, Coincides with the Sixers now shooting more, things. getting more shots up, and shooting more, and all that stuff. I think it's, I think it's part of like a rhythm of, of what the team is focusing on and stuff. And I want to say, Shake falls asleep on off ball and defense a lot, but his on ball defense is really good. It's really, really good, and it doesn't get enough credit. And I think Doc doesn't fully appreciate it yet because he a lot of times takes him out in end of game situations uh, for defense. But I, I do think he's, I think he's good enough to to stick, and his ball handling is. You know, aside from Ben, he and maybe Tobias, I think Shake is the guy you trust with the ball in your hands late. Although he did have a couple of mistakes, he's not perfect, but I think I think as far as two way players go on this team, I think Shake is is one of them. Yeah, he makes he makes passes that are that take a little too long to get where they're going. Yeah, I agree. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and then the and then Ferk just basically lighting the world on fire in that first yeah, half. It was nice to see the shot go in for Ferk. Needed it. Yeah. Really needed it. Needed it badly. Really needed it. Especially after he... It was good he... for him. I think, I think it was smart because, you know, Isaiah Joe gets basically announced that he's getting the minutes. Yeah. Isaiah Joe didn't play well tonight, but I thought... It, I, I've seen enough of Isaiah Joe to be like, yeah, let's give him a run and let's take give Corkmines a break because he hasn't been hitting anything. Let him work on it. Corkmines comes in for Seth Curry and has a great game. Like, just played really nicely. Led the team in plus minus. They didn't play him at the end. I think, I think Doc doesn't trust his defense. I think that's probably right. Um, but... When those shots go in, I love you know the pump fake. Come on, mm. I can't. You cannot beat the pump fake. It's really, it's very nice to see. You know, I was I was I was thinking about pump fakes when we were talking about Seth Curry, who did not play tonight, and you were mentioning how he, he. Um, here's a move I want fucking Seth Curry to learn. Speaking of of Ferk, so he he pump fakes at the three when they close out on him, and he takes two steps in and shoots at an eighteen footer. Like yeah. so, somebody's got to teach him to step to the side. He's done a couple of those. Has he? He's done a couple of those. I don't, I don't think it's quite his nature. I think he wants to. I think he knows that a lot of NBA defenders bec- like have the agility to adjust and still block that shot, even if he does a sidestep. So I think he takes as much as much space as he can. But yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. I think that's. I mean, that's the drawback. Sometimes he looks like he's. How did we get him for such a contract? And then sometimes it looks like, well, he's unplayable yeah. because he's just too small. By the way. And sometimes, I mean, Van Vliet's not like that. Van Vliet is stronger and yeah. has more ball skills, all that stuff. But the Sixers make it hard for him sometimes. And he, I think he had, Van Vliet had two pretty bad games. In the first game, he had a stretch where he just got hot as hell from three and that kind of saved it. But I, I didn't, I think like the Sixers make it tough on Van Vliet. And a lot of times we we look at the Raptors and think about how they make it tough on, on our guys. But... Mm-hmm. You know, you remember even that series when they just like they were worn out and Van Vliet did nothing in that in that playoff series and stuff. I'll, I'll tell you, and, man. And it was an automatic, by the way, one hundred percent chance of that heave going in. Oh that yes, he, that Van Vliet took the other. We night, all know that it. hit the backboard. It, it was it was automatic. There was not a doubt in my mind. I didn't even have to look. If we could have live bet that shot on DraftKings, I think I would. Everyone, I would have a million dollars. <laughs> I would have made a million dollars on that shot. Automatic. It is it is shocking. The the Sixers have to be. Leading the league in, if the other team is heaving, and it's the right guy, like it's not always the case. If somebody just like throws it over the head, I'm not saying every single time, but when you know, you know. Like, and that was an automatic for everybody. I think watching. 
I'll tell you, man, this fucking Chris Boucher guy. He's good. Uh, he shoots like minute. He he has minute bowls three point form. I've never yeah. seen a more pure shot. It 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 was. The, the arc was perfect. Went through the hoop perfect. Never missed. I mean, the, the, especially there's there's just not that many legitimate three and D centers, and he is like he's a real threat from out there. He won. He basically won them the game in that third quarter. Yeah, and he is a rim protector. He's a really good shot blocker, and he's still undisciplined. He's still like he's limited in some things he can do. But that's exactly the kind of player I would love to have backing up Embiid. And they just they just have never have never had that guy. I thought I thought Tobias had a very strong finish to the the game in oh, the yeah. second game too. And you know we can talk about the All Star stuff here. You, uh, Simmons makes the All Star team, and Harris doesn't. There were more. Look, obviously, having Kevin Durant and James Harden come to the um, Eastern Conference, you know, basically took two spots away. And I, I don't, I have no debate from anybody on the Eastern Conference team. Maybe Vucevic, but his numbers are f- fucking great. And I, yeah, I, I don't think he is good player, bad team. I think he could be on a good team. Um, so I understand why Tobias Harris didn't make it, but I do think, sure. and his dad slash agent said did, this. Middleton did, didn't make it, so it's a Correct. similar, yeah, kind of just a similar number. Those guys, yeah. Yep. I yeah, and I you could make an argument for Middleton over Tobias Harris, and you wouldn't be wrong. It's it's sort mm-hmm. of you know one or the other. I do think though that now that we're closing in on the end of the first half, and and he was real tough in the fourth quarter again. Um, and he's, it seems like he's been getting better almost as he had a couple of down games last week, but he's been, he's been almost adding things as they, the, uh, season has gone on. He's playing like tougher. He's pushing people around when they can't guard him. He has been remarkably consistent this year and really good. And, you know, we both obviously, it's still not a good contract, but he, um, he's been like a really necessary part of the team this year, especially given their, offensive makeup in the starting lineup and he was really yeah. good again tonight you know? 100% I think he won them this game I mean Embiid played pretty poorly and Tobias really took over in the fourth um, I think he had like 12 in the fourth mm-hmm. um, he had the the, the game I, I wrote in my notes that he that it sealed it but then it was a 45 minutes later from, but there was a late game drive with Embiid rolling that Tobias just got downhill, got to his right hand, and went high off the glass. Like he always does that. He's just got that. He's really nice when he when he gets a rhythm, even over shot blockers. If he can get to that high angle off the top of the glass, either hand, like it's going in. And I, I think he's great. I mean, he just. I want to talk about Tobias's passing. I really. I've been for years now. I've been a. I've been a Tobias defense guy. You know that. You yes. know I've been since he got here. I've been pro Tobias defense. He's better than people think, and I think that that is now to the place where he's a good defender. It's just like. Pretty unremarkable, but just like good defender. He's getting, he gets some steals and blocks. He makes some things happen. He is a good, positive defender in this league. And he's got the body for it. And he can cover, you know, feasible, like not great. It gets, it gets stretched at the fringes, but he doesn't get wrecked on switches from like two through five. And I think, I think it's great, but I think the passing is something that I've always been harping on. Like, I want to see him get better. I want to see him get better. And the past two games, he's been great. I think he had a nice, a couple nice lobs. Um, there was a nice cross court pass that he's that he had last game. Uh, he's made, he always makes pretty good entry passes to Embiid, as as we've seen. There's been times when the Sixers just couldn't get it into him. Uh, I think I think he's swinging the ball well. And and the thing about last game was he 
took nine threes and he missed eight of them. And I'm like fucking fine with that, honestly. Like he missed he missed some threes, but like the the willingness to take them and continue taking them even as he missed is is a really big deal and, and was rewarded tonight by going three or four from, from three and got to the line a couple times. So I, you know, I think he deserves to make it also team. I'm part of me is a little bit glad that he didn't because then we'd see him in the All-Star game and he'd, you know, what exciting things is Tobias doing in the All-Star game. Yeah, he's not, at, at, what's he, he's shooting 17-footers, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're watching him and he's, he, he finishes like, you know, one of eight and we're like, oh no, Tobias, he looks bad. And we're just like, come on, bud, get to that right hand. And he's just like trying to do too much. I don't know. So I part of me is a little bit glad. Although I do think that like, you know, as a thousand people have made this, have made this point, there's no reason to have 12 people on the all-star team in each conference it should be f- at least 15 well there's you know there's been 12 since like you know the 60s like it's insane yeah ryan mcd former ricky guest ryan mcdonough made that point it was 11 when they had their first all-star game and there were only 10 teams yeah mike uh as you know my dog is a rescue right rebel from aruba was a homeless dog and has slowly become it's amazing like i like to remind him every once in a while you were homeless and if it wasn't for me this might not have gone well for you. He wakes That's good, uh, up. What's that? Over his head. You want to hold that over his head yeah, as much as possible. Of course. Well, because he's gotten so. Like when he first got here, he would have slept anywhere. Would have slept as long as we wanted him to. Snowed outside. He would have walked for four hours. Wouldn't have cared. Just happy to be in a house. Now wakes up from his big barker at three a.m. every night to go out back and pee. Will not rest until we let him out back to pee. And if there's any snow on the ground or ice, we'll walk outside, he'll look at it, look at me, and walk back inside. Fucking spoiled. Smart. Smart dog. Smart dog. Well, you want to spoil your dog, you get your dog a big barker. Spoil him. Yes. And it's not just spoiling. It's not just luxury. It is luxurious, but it's healthy. It's for your dog's health. It's for your dog's joints. It's it's for your dog's well-being. Big barker dog beds, the only ones, the only dog beds engineered by experts to support your dog's joints. The ones at the pet stores, you see, 49 bucks, you see it, you're like, ooh, that's cushy. It sucks. Fucking sucks. Get a big Barker dog bed. Do you care about your dog? And as your dog gets older, you want your dog to to be comfortable, stay energetic for longer, big Barker dog beds. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You will get the big Barker dog bed plus two process pup iron-on patches with the process pup logo. Then... You send us the photo of your dog with the bed. We put them in the process pup gallery. All of these claims completely legitimized by Penn Vet, who did a study showing better mobility, better health, better joint function, all those things. I'm telling you, bigbarker.com slash Reiki. All the time, all the money you spend on your dog, do not cheap out on the bed. Uh, there's a 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. A one-year at-home trial. Handmade right here in the USA as well. Big Barker dog beds. Ow! You know, I, I think, I don't know how it works, but I was mentioning, I mentioned earlier, I, like, what if there were some sort of, like, metric they could use based on votes or that show... Like maybe it's 15 one year and 12 the next. Like maybe there are more. Like Hall of Fame style? Yeah. Balloting? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I think I just, what's wrong with 15, I guess? Like well, because who, are you, who are you protecting? What I would say is four years ago in the Eastern Conference, if they had to go to 15, 
they might have taken me. I, you know, they they were yeah. There were some pretty fair. lean years where they were taking all the fucking hawks. Like Kyle Korver was on the All Star team. Uh, sure. Um, no offense, but <laughs> some offense. Yeah, some offense. But I think that year they didn't need fifteen. So I think yeah, it fair. should. I think be the memorable. numbers because of because of how like the play around the league has improved. I think in the last whatever 10, 8 to ten years. Um, and then, and like efficiency's gone up, and player numbers have gone up as pace has gone up, all that stuff. I think, I think it's unlikely that you're going to see many years like the there's nobody that could be an all star in the East type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I think Sabonis should have been in there. Like there's guys that are just like, well, they're they're all stars. Like they they deserve to be there. And I am actually surprised that Ben got in. I think he's had a great, you know, last month or two, mm-hmm. whatever it's been, um, since that fourth quarter in the Boston game that we talked with Zach about, but. Yeah, I mean, I, he has been great, and he's and he's turned it on. He's found another. I'm, I'm a free. Th- I have been this for a while. I'm a Ben free throw truther. I've been monitoring those digits, those little factor. I'm seeing the decimal points all the time, just getting that up. I'm rounding up, always rounding up, and it's and now it's there. Like, he got to the line friggin' fourteen times last game, ten of fourteen. This time he's five of six. Like, it looks good. It looks confident. He's not. Throwing the his hands are always going to be weird. Wait, the way he shoots, like the way he holds it, like it doesn't look great. But coming out of his hands, his weird hands, it does look confident, and uh, and you can tell he's not throwing any more like line drives at it anymore. Well, it's it's good, and he's going and he's closing closing in on seventy percent, which is which is huge, which is a huge deal, and it's, and which is by the way way higher than Giannis from the line. And people don't talk about Giannis being like. Does he not want to get to the line? Is he scared of the line? And it's like, well, Giannis has regressed in terms of his free throw shooting, right? I mean, two years ago or three years ago, he was above 70%. Look, so much of Ben Simmons' game is about what he feels confident doing. And Mm -hmm. And he he talks about that as far as like his mental mental health. He's working on his mentality. Uh, But I, I think the makes kind of beget other makes with, with, free throw shooting. I, I think like I think his play sort of builds upon itself and he's had right, like he had a until the trade deadline, until that Boston game, he he had been legitimately disappointing this year. <laughs> I like that you're calling it the Harden trade the trade deadline. It wasn't oh, some way right. the trade deadline. <laughs> it was a bunch was, of ways. Yeah. It was sort of like our trade deadline. Yeah, our our movie trade deadline until the, the Harden trade. Uh and but since then and he's been great and he's over the last two weeks, been more far more aggressive offensively. I think yeah. the question will become, you know, uh, how much of that he's able to continue. Actually, I don't even think it's necessary that he continues too much of it when Embiid's in the game. When we could use it is when Embiid's not in the game, you know? And sure. um, it becomes when they're all clicking, it does kind of become an embarrassment of riches. Like, there's a lot of guys that can make things happen in the starting lineup. That's why you see the starting lineup succeed so much is because like when they're clicking they they do complement each other pretty well um they turn the ball over sometimes too many too many times they get sloppy whatever it is and uh they're still missing as we're always going to say like especially against a Raptors team that recovers well they are it's a lot of just swinging and then attacking a closeout and a couple guys that like aren't great at it that are just kind of like a little bit they're just we could just use more guys that can make things happen with the ball in their hands but even just watching Ben be as aggressive as he's being, you know. Toronto is a team, one of those one of those few teams. I think Miami's another one, and, and Boston that that knows him so well mm-hmm. that 
they they anticipate those driving kicks. They anticipate those like get into the lane and then like turn around and pass behind you. And I feel like he turns the ball over a lot in those kinds of things when when he's playing against those kinds of defenders. And for him in those in both of these Toronto games to decide to like turn on the Jets to go to the rim to make things happen for himself, um, I think I think that was good. And you can tell that it's making a difference by the way that they're covering him. Oh sure, like they are they are not. It is not the. Ben stands out there, and and the defender is just like backing up, kind of pointlessly, like waiting for something to happen, and just assume he's going to pass it. He he wants to be the aggressor, and I think they are because they don't want him to get ahead of steam. They are starting to cover him closer, which allows more space for other things to happen. And so, it's been great. I think he had a nice, he had a couple of really nice tight window interior passes. One to yeah. uh, one to Dwight, one to Tobias for the for the um, one was one was to Embiid, and one was the. Uh, Tobias kick out. I, I don't even know how he saw that angle, but I think he's just he's just pretty locked in right now, and it's 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 cool to see it uh, well, to see by, it happen. By the way, what this shows is that this does make a difference. You know, like that that isn't to say that he wasn't good before a good player, but being aggressive and going to the rim and getting to the line and making your free throws, this shit is not like extra. You know, this yeah, th- I don't. I don't think anyone thought but, that it was. It wouldn't be helpful if he would do that. I don't think anyone thought that like he doesn't need to have like ways to get to the rim and finish inside and use his length and quickness and athleticism to to do that. But it makes an um, enormous difference. I think it's just a matter difference. of like should he should he be taking those kinds of Giannis threes that he shoots like you know that Giannis shoots like twenty seven, twenty eight percent on whatever. I, I think that's. I I'm not saying that that isn't what um, some people said, but I. I, I don't think it's a lot of what everyone said. And, yeah, uh, you I mean, know. I, I would, I, as as a pretty uh, solid, died in the wool Ben Simmons centrist, centrist which yeah. I'm now being, you know, the last, the last, whatever, I don't know how long it's been, a month or so, has been like a turn the corner type of thing, um, in a way that we haven't seen it. Like sometimes it's just, oh, he's being efficient and right. he gets out in transition and he's defending really well, which he has been also. But this is like we haven't seen him do this kind of stuff before. And I think before the season, you were like, to, which I agreed with, and I don't agree with all of your Ben Simmons feelings, uh, as you know. Mm-hmm. But I think your thing was like, hey, what is he? What new move has he gotten? What has he gotten better at from off season to off season, where he is adding this element to his game? And I think he's gotten smarter. But it really, I it absolutely struggled to to notice what move he's doing now that he couldn't do as a rookie. And now we're finally seeing it. I think it's I think it I think it friggin' rules. Yeah, it's it's important. If if they're going to win a championship and he's going to be on the team, it needs to happen. Like it it just needed to happen. And I I hope it continues. You know, I think it it obviously adds an element to um the offense. How could it not? <laughs> you know, how could it not? Yeah. So uh yeah, so Tobias Harris and and by the way, like boy, I don't know. I mean, hopefully he maybe somebody will get hurt. I think Vucevic got hurt tonight, so I don't want Vucevic to get hurt. God bless him, former Sixer. But I I hope Tobias Harris gets a shot in. And I actually like I thought Julius Randle making it. I, that team's cool. almost five hundred, and mm-hmm. they they don't have any talent. They have young <laughs> talent, but God bless Julius Randle. He's doing a good job. I think he deserves to make it. He's I think he's shooting like forty two percent from three. It's crazy. Yeah, he's so. playing well. He's playing well. I want to, oh, one quick, quick Matisse thing. I thought he played really, really bad in the first Raptors game. I think they, they basically went on a run, and every time he was in, the uh, the Raptors did, and he just, like, didn't do much of anything offensively, and they just st- stopped the ball. I really, 
Doc, I understand why you want to play Ben with the bench so he can get his opportunities, but like Ben, Matisse, Dwight, it's just not, it's it's not, gonna not work. feasible. It is yeah. not a thing that works. Um, and they took, and to Doc's credit, he took Dwight out once Boucher started hitting a bunch of threes, and Dwight was just sort of lumbering out there to get him, and so they ended up going small ball, and I think it stemmed the tide a little bit, but when shots still didn't go in, it, didn't, it wasn't as effective. But I thought Matisse had a pretty good game tonight. I thought he uh, defended really well. Um, I thought he rotated. There were a couple possessions where he was just, it seemed like he got a hand in there on every single drive, like multiple drives in, in one single possession. Tried to dunk um, on Terrence Davis. That was cool. I would like him to finish that, yeah. please. He did have that nice pass to Ben on the baseline. That was sort of uh, uh, risky, a little dicey. Um, but he finished around the rim nicely. I thought he took a dribble handoff from Dwight and sort of finished with his left at, uh, <coughs> around the rim, which was a surprise to me. Um, so it's, and I thought, even though he's one for what, one for five from three, I thought he rose up and shot them confidently. And the one that went in, even though it was over four at the time, I was like, that's in. It just felt like he's get he's he's getting. You know, he'd go through stretches, but I, I think that, that we're due for a, a, a good Matisse month from three, I think. So I, I feel good about it. Also, randomly, I'm looking at the athletic box score. Matisse is listed as a point guard in the box score, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> well, that's what your right. five ninety nine a month is getting you. <laughs> the, the most Matisse moment of the night to me, and he is athletic enough to try to dunk on people. He should try to dunk on people. And if he had finished that, it would have been legendary. But the, the, most, le, the most Matisse moment is he misses it, stays hanging on the rim, grabs the ball while he's hanging on the rim. Sure. Uh, like, he couldn't just miss I the dunk. I would love to do that moment. I would, yeah. I would try that all the time. Um, also, Matisse's, I think, his first technical foul of his career. That was fun to see in the in the first Raptors game. He didn't really know what, uh, what it was for, but it was pretty <laughs> cool to see it. And I want to give credit because I've been, uh, I've been giving him a hard time, but uh, I thought it was a good... Mike Scott game tonight. He finally hit a three. He hit a three. Even just yeah. considered, he just even him looking at the three. It's still you know one attempt in 13 minutes. But um, I thought he played good defense. I thought he rebounded well. I thought he like walled up uh, down low on on guys driving. And I thought he didn't get blown by enough and or too much. So I wanted to give it to Mike Scott because we like Mike Scott. We root for Mike Scott. I just think he's a little too limited to be playing on this good of a team. Before we get to uh, the other stuff, Demarcus Cousins will be cut by the Houston Rockets. Do you have any desire in signing DeMarcus Cousins? I I don't. Yeah. I think that there's there's some value in uh in the skill set, but you know, as a even though it seems like people his teammates are liking him more and their professionalism blah blah blah, like there's too much there that I I'm I'm just not interested in. Um and uh and he's not a defensive player at this point. So, I th- I think they could probably get by with with Matisse, Ben, uh, Cousins lineups, but I think there's better options there that that don't that like can move around a little bit more and, yeah. and he's not the only guy who can be a stretch five right. uh, at this point for you. He's fucking cooked, man. I mean that guy's. Uh, I'm sorry he's been, had so many injuries, but he just he wasn't a particularly. He was like a mobile for a big guy mobile kind of before. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like surprised that he could get he, around. He was like slow mobile, right? Agile, not fast. Right. Now he's, he just, his legs look like they're made out of cement and he's shooting yeah. 37%. Like he's, I think his career might be over. I'm not, I'm, I'd, I'd rather wait for something else. Yeah. 
Uh, quick MVP update. So not the greatest two games for Joel Embiid's MVP case. However, they did come at the same time as the Lakers losing twice, once to the, was the first one to the Nets, and the next one was to the Wizards without Anthony Davis. Um, Ramona Shelbourne making excuses that uh, what's-his-face isn't there, Schroeder isn't there. I, the question I had about, because I don't think much has changed in uh, LeBron and Embiid world, is I don't think they'll give it to him. But you have to sort of like put Harden in that group now when you talk about it, don't you? Uh, I mean, I, I think we talked about it last time. I There's just too many good players in that team to give any of them. But Durant's the not most even playing. Players. Yeah, but he will. Yeah. And it's, I mean, he's been good for a stretch. Like, they're obviously good. Um, and Harden is obviously excellent. But yeah, to me, it's just you can't give one of those guys MVP. When there's when there's three of them like that on the team, LeBron did win it with Bosh and Wade on the team. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't I I don't uh, I think what LeBron was at that point so clearly the best player in the NBA. Right. And I think Harden is not quite the, that. He, I mean, he might he might be the best offensive player in the NBA, but there's still you know there's argument to be made for a bunch of guys, and so I think. It's just one of the it's one of the big factors for me, and in, in a in a field like this, when the Sixers are so clearly so much better with Embiid on the court than without him, and and the disparity there, um, and he impacts the game even when he's not scoring, and you, but you can see like how how much like, you know, if you sell out to to double Kawhi every time, he pa- I mean he passes the ball and he makes the right play, and because he's for the most part out on the perimeter. They're gonna get like easy looks going downhill. It's like basically, you know, four on three semi transition in a half court setting. With Embiid, because he's a big guy, like it's tougher to do that. It's tougher mm-hmm. to, you know, he, he's just not naturally as quick and as able to um, adjust to those to those double teams. And I think he's done, done a good job of this year. But it, you really like it. You can take a big guy out of it in a way that you kind of can't with any other uh, any other position. Um, and for Embiid to still be this good and impact the game the way he does, and the Sixers to be still in first place, uh, and how bad they play when he's not there, with their, are they still like one and five or something in those games? Yes, um, they are. I think it, I think it's pretty clearly, and and I and I think Jokic has an argument, but not unless they, you know, get they into to the be top better. three or four seats in the West. Yeah, and I think they're six or seven at this point, right? So uh, the man. If I've ever, I know you're not leaving comments on our YouTube, but if I've ever read a comment on our YouTube that I felt like you may have written, it was really? this. Really? Oh, I'd like, to, I'd like to hear this. Yeah. So the hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week that we do twice a week, you can leave a comment on the YouTube, subscribe, smash that subscribe button, leave us a like, leave us a comment. All right. This comes from Natural. Now, this was on the sounds pod. Sounds like me, first at, of all. First, so yes. far, sounds like me. Yeah, so this came after the Bulls game pod, where the Embiid scored 50. I was watching this game while I was burning sage and cleaning the rest of my Wiccan relics. During the fourth quarter, I knelt down in a downward dog position, fully naked, and exclaimed to the universe to rid my soul of all of my energy and transfer it into one Joel Hans Embiid. As my life force was being sucked from all of my holes, I witnessed Joel turn into a divine being, a being 
who had displayed such eloquent mastery of the cosmic energy that was now thrusted upon him onto the hardwood. Best day of my life. <laughs> I, I don't think you know me very well if you think that's my tone uh, of writing. The only thing that would have applied there is naked. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was quite a game. Well, I thought you would appreciate it at the very least. Yeah. Um, I Look, I filter out some of the relationship advice questions. Sometimes I'll just send a note back, but sometimes I think they're important, and I think this one is important. Uh, Brian Colangelo, relationship advice. And I keep my heart under my pillow with my teeth and other lies. I've been waiting on your halo just to shine the light. Just to shine the light. Now, uh, Anonymous asked me to filter out anything that I thought may identify it as him, but I, I don't think so, you know? So here we go. So like it has been for many, the pressure cooker of the, and this is a serious one, I'm not laughing. So it, uh, like it has been for many, the pressure cooker of the pandemic this past year has really tested my marriage of over a decade. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to make it. Our relationship has had its issues that predated COVID and was already a mess. And now it appears we're at the end. I'm actually feeling good about it overall, except that we have kids and that part will be complicated. All right, this is where it gets interesting. I'm a contractor and I recently went to look for a job for a potential client. I didn't know the person and wasn't that excited to look at the job as it wasn't the kind of work I really like to do and it was a bit further out of my range than I prefer. But then I met her. Within five minutes, I was wondering to myself if this might be the most important person in the world that I was meeting. I felt such a strong connection, and after months slash years of such a challenging marriage, it was an eye-opening experience to feel that. I'm really not the love at first sight sort of person and have never experienced anything like this before, but I can't stop thinking about her and the feeling I was meant to meet her. Part of me wishes I met her in like six months or something when my wife and I would be further down the road with our separation slash divorce, but that didn't happen. And who knows, maybe in six months, the situation would be different. She seems not to be in a relationship now, but if I met her later, that might not be the case. I met her now. I can't change that. The question is, what do we do? As we continue to be in touch about the work she needs done, I feel a real rapport developing. I want to seize the moment, but also I don't want to freak her out that all of this is happening exactly as my marriage ends. I'm trying to thread a needle here, and it feels too important to mess up. Is there any way I can ask her out or let her know what I'm feeling, or am I crazy, better off forgetting it and waiting and hoping there's still an opportunity in the future? This is getting too real. Yes. I don't feel equipped to handle... <laughs> Yes, it's we've real. been flirting with real for a while, yeah. and now we're there. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, I don't know. Timing's timing's tough. Yeah, you never know. It's like it's, I think people use it as an excuse a lot, and it's not actually. It's just the, an easy sort of grab. Mm -hmm. But I do think sometimes it obviously matters. You know, if you're starting a relationship versus whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's contractor having work done, going through a divorce. It's definitely like a, a good porn storyline. I think it's pretty <laughs> down the middle there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the main thing is just try not to, you know, make her uncomfortable and maybe send an email or something or make sure there's other people in the room or at a different, in a public space or something. That's my, that's my first thought. Just don't make it well, uncomfortable and weird in that way. Yeah, so my first thought is you cannot do anything while you're working on her house. You can't. 
she's like unless it's a porn unless you're you said unless it's a porn yeah if it's a porn Uh, then this goes out the window right 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 but in real life in real life no so I'm just gonna throw a little homeownership thing into this it's fucking hard enough to find a contractor that will show up when you ask them to do the work on time and charge you a regular price you don't need the contractor fucking hitting on you I'm, I'm just so first thing even forgetting about the marriage part of it finish the job and then That's worry fair. about it yeah there, uh, there's a writer in the room I'm in who uh, when she was uh, back home uh, visiting there was uh, painters working on her parents house yeah and uh, and one of the pa- painters asked her out oh like while she was like still like looking out the window and stuff, like being in the writer's room all day, and it's like uh, still having to see someone after they've asked you out uh, without. It's just an awkward right. Tough, tough and spot. then you got to she's got to pay you. So that's the first thing. The second thing, I'm gonna say, man, it's probably just I'm not saying that she's not meant for you and you're not meant for each other. What I am saying is, if you've been that bummed out for that long. It's nice to have that, like, connection probably, but you're probably making a little more out of it than, than it is. So what I would tell you is finish the job, get a little bit further along. You're not even, like, the way I read this, you're still living at home. Like, mm-hmm. get separated, you know, whatever you're going to do. Be actually on your way to divorce. And you still have her number. And look... She may tell you never call her again, or you may email her, and she may tell you never email her again. But as long as you finish the job, do it in a respectful way, you're allowed to ask somebody out. I would just wait till all that shit finishes, right? That seems fair. fair. Mike, once again, uh, Sixers fans had an enormous advantage in DraftKings in the live betting in that at one point in the middle of the second quarter, the Raptors were plus 13. Like, I think the Sixers were up 18 or something. And I was like, oh, well, there's absolutely no possible way the Sixers are winning this game by 13 points. I feel like, you know, I feel like they should, you have to be in PA or PA or New Jersey, obviously. But if you're, if you're in PA, I feel like they shouldn't let you live bet on Sixers games because you, you have too much information. We have too much history. At least I don't think they should let us live bet on Sixers games. Um, DraftKings Sportsbook, the only place to to sports bet. They have all the sports. They have the casino in there, too. Live betting. Um, live betting, again, if you're a Sixers fan, if you've been here for a while, I feel like you have an advantage. Uh, of course, they were going to have the March college basketball tournament, which isn't yet, but until then. I love the March college basketball tournament. I know you do. You've got to be pretty pumped for that, right? I mean, it's been two years. Oh, right. It just got canceled last year. Yeah. It was a brutal... Yeah, I still haven't recovered. There are teams and players that I feel robbed of. I'm sure they also feel robbed that they didn't get to compete. Right. But me is... I think it hurts me more because it affected me, all of them, right. combined. Well, that that's yeah. coming back. It's coming back. Um, of course, DraftKings Sports... The March, big tournament time. Big basketball college tournament in March. Um until then, they have a special going on. Any basketball game you bet on, you bet on a team to hit one three-pointer. That's the bet. If the team hits one three-pointer, you bet a dollar, you win 100. That's for all new users. So 
until the college basketball March tournament, you have this special, which is basically like a hundred bucks bet on a team to hit one three pointer, win a hundred back. If you don't want to bet on basketball, soccer, hockey, baseball futures, baseball's coming. Pretty exciting. Uh, they've paid out over $7 billion to customers since 2012. $7 billion. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTRS to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code RTRS for new customers to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that promo code RTRS. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four $25 free bets in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. Lorenzo Brown mailbag. Write to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. We take basketball and non-basketball. We prefer both. This comes from Megan. Hi, boys. My boyfriend, Alec, is a longtime listener, introduced me to the show on long car rides. I just brought up a question to him he thought I should pass on to you two. First, my non-basketball question. What's your favorite thing your partners have introduced you to? I'm loving my new basketball knowledge, and I always think it's interesting to see what new hobbies and interests people trade with their significant others. You? Um, Alyssa's very smart. She's smarter than me. I feel like I'm smart in like three areas and dumb as fuck in every other area. Hmm. And Alyssa has a good understanding of that. I would say as far as like introduced me to, yeah. aside from just like good information about like stuff, credit scores, yeah, uh, which I wouldn't say is like a fun thing to learn about. Um, uh, it's got to be, you know. Real Housewives of New York. It's great. And Vanderpump Rules, I would say, both of us. Those are it's the best. It's really the one of the few joys of the of the pandemic has been just motoring through those series because they're the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. I would say two things. Uh, without my wife, I would be mired in such a deep hole of depressing, slow, agonizing, painful movies and no dumb comedies. She fucking loves a dumb comedy. And uh, I wouldn't know... What's it? role models? I would have never seen role models and dogs. It's a good movie. Yeah, I love it. Ro- yeah, and it ages well, I think. Like, role models gets funnier the more that you watch it. And uh, dogs. If it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't have a dog. I wouldn't help the Providence Animal Center. I wouldn't help the Brandywine Valley SPCA. And it's become such a big part of my life. And if it wasn't for her, I would have never gotten a dog. So, uh, now for basketball. Here goes nothing. We watch Ben and Joel make their career high points this week each while the other was out. Does this prove that Ben and Joel can't do their best together? Could our nightmares be true? Maybe it's simply coincidence, but I'm wondering if this instance has sparked any skepticism. I'm not trying to enforce the narrative. I'm just curious. No, absolutely not. If, if Alyssa wasn't here, then I would be doing all the chores. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that I'm? It's the apartment is better off when... I'm the only one doing chores because I'm hitting a season high in chores. If she's gone, no. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just they're sharing the load when they're in there together and taking more ownership of it when the other one is out. That's how I feel. That's fair. I like that. It's a good response. Uh, Brian Colangelo related. This comes from Dan from Australia. On the weekend, some of my mates will be going to watch the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix who just signed former Sixer Ryan Brokoff. 
versus the mm. Brian Colangelo, Illawarra Hawks in the NBL. What's your favorite Ryan Brokoff Sixers memory real quick? Ooh, when he didn't go to the bubble. That's a good one. Yeah. What's yours? Your call. Probably the signing. Yeah. The excitement when, it, when they got him. <laughs> um, I will be 100% wearing my Ricky shirt, but I want to know if there's anything we can chant or do at the game that may get Colangelo's attention. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. I'm a little conflicted. I'm curious what your answer is. Uh, I would just try to make eye contact with him <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> I wouldn't chant anything. <laughs> Maybe say like, hey. <laughs> Part of me wants to leave him alone. Yeah. Part of me wants to chant normal collars at him. Sure. It's up to you, Dan from Australia and uh, related and this will happen tomorrow now this comes from Billy hey guys so I'm a junior at Villanova happens to be Scott O'Neill's uh, Scott O'Neill's an alumni I was in the business school today leaving class when I was interrupted by seeing a huge picture of Scott's stupid face in the finance lab <laughs> lo and behold he's giving some sort of talk to the finance society club or whatever I'm not a finance major or member of the club, but I'm in the business school, so I assume I could find my way into the Zoom. If I can, what do I do? Do I ask him about working with Sam or separating the people of Philadelphia from their wallets? Do I just revel in his douchebaggery? I assume just being an outright asshole could technically get me in some sort of trouble. So maybe a sly way to say you suck. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to say some truly... Uh, well, ask him about I, his To book. me, it would sound like heinous shit, but it really is probably just like gener generic business bro stuff. Yep. Um, you know, he's a you know he's a manipulative guy that's trying you know just power hungry all the all the stuff we we know. Um, I would ask him if he still has the uh, MCW uh, season ticket package brochures that uh, he was so excited about. Um, because that's why he's upset that MCW got traded. And ob obviously, as we know, MCW, you know, future Hall of Famer, 10-time All-Star. Uh, you just can't trade a guy like that. Um, so I hope he still has those, those brochures framed. God bless him. So what I, what I think you should do is you should ask an earnest question, but the lead-up should be, so I was reading your book and say that the, the rat race one, whatever the fuck it's called. And be mentioned, where your feet are? No, be where your feet are is not out until this summer. It was mm. the other one that I was. You remember I was reading passages from it. Um, something, something, the rat race. I think Tough. just if you mention you were reading the book, which is ten years old and no one bought, he's gonna know what you're doing. And I just, I, don't think so. I just, agree. you don't think? Yeah, no, I think he'll think that you're a genuine fan. Like oh. and Scott, like he's a big. He's a big time success and he's a he's an alumni and he's exactly. got this big fancy speaking zoom. Like it's he's gonna think, okay, here's a fan. Here's another one of my big fans that loves book? me so much. Oh no, this is how to officiate a wedding. Sorry. I thought I had the book over here. From Seth. You have how to officiate a wedding on hand? Well, so I mean, it was over here. So when I Looks like officiated a coloring book. What's that? Looks like a coloring book. When I officiated the wedding, um, for the Ricky listeners. Uh, I joined the Universal Life Church as a minister, and they sent you this sure. part of the package. From Seth, 
I'm sitting here watching the Sixers drinking a stateside bourbon and perusing listings from Adam Kasabi. All true. Had two quick questions. We're just going to do the basketball one. Do we think the Sixers will be better in the next couple of years? Good thought experiment. I, I feel like you're not you're not going to play along. Do we think the Sixers will be better in the next couple of years if Joel wins or loses the MVP this season? Mm. If he does win, it might mean it might remove the chip from his shoulder that seems to exist because he feels disrespected and not considered a top tier elite player. However, if he does win, then the chip on Ben Simmons' shoulder could be relegated to such a clear second fiddle that it could be a huge motivator for him. He might start actually shooting in an attempt to prove his alpha status. It could backfire, and Ben could get resentful and decide that he wants out of Philly altogether, similar to Kyrie in Cleveland. So do you think, not whether you want him to win it or not, that the Sixers next two years after this year are better or worse if he wins the MVP? I think that's a great question. Oh. I don't know the answer to it. It's tough. I really don't. I think that there's. I think if he wins the MVP and they win a championship, uh, then I, who cares? You'll never. You'll never hear from me again. I'll be on a beach for the rest of my life. Right. Uh, if he wins MVP and they lose a championship, then I think he will probably. You know, I could see. You know, he's averaging thirty points a game right now. He had a tough game tonight, but he he's going to finish in the you know twenty seven to thirty points per game. Ridiculous. I could see next year being like, okay, I got my. Yeah. MVP award. Let's do whatever we have to do to win. I don't oh. think that that's not. I don't think that's far from what he's doing now. I don't think he's making choices in the moment to say I need to get mine at the expense of winning. I just think he'll probably take a little bit more of a backseat to other guys, especially in the regular season, so that he can make sure he's healthy for the playoffs and ready to go. Two more. This comes from Matt. Uh, <laughs> I want a Joel Embiid or a Sixers tattoo, but not the logo. I need some ideas. Give me the best you got. Go on, Mike. Um, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg, <laughs> Brian Dawkins one. Sure, yeah, that's a good one. Maybe if they're all like, for some reason, living in like the body of like a of an elephant or something, and you open, you can if there's a tattoo you can see inside of like a big, uh-huh. like lion or something and it's like it's the heart of a Dawkins and the spirit of a it could be real that could be really rough um I don't know I think a Joel a Joel tattoo like a small Joel tattoo which is him from the back doing like arms up to the crowd I think that could be cool yeah like a silhouette of him yeah yeah so the best process tattoo I've seen so far is I god I don't I don't remember the guy's name but he went to a guy that actually did this on my hand uh Benji Harris, and he got You Can't Get to the Moon by Climbing a Tree and the Orchard tattoo. So the tree and the orchard with the, like, it's beautiful. And the best ones are the ones that no one's going to know that that's a process tattoo unless you explain it to them. Mm -hmm. So it sort of lives on its own. I would suggest that. Uh, I don't know what the idea is. I don't want to, I haven't thought about it, but my, my thought would be, Get something that is symbolic, but can sort of live on its own and isn't, yeah. you know. That said, I, I do would get the 2017-18 uh, starting five on-off splits. Yeah, you should do. <laughs> Wait, I say symbolic. Meanwhile, I have John Starks' Nike sneaker on the inside there of my go. fucking elbow, which is not too symbolic. And it, 
his basketball, he goes, I guess I need a basketball question. Who dribbles the coolest or whatever? Thanks, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, and I think you're going, our final question, I think you're really going to enjoy this um, basketball question. This is right up your alley. It's from Corey. Hey, guys, love the pod. It's definitely helped me get through some tough times this past year. I really appreciate everything you do. In the past, J.J. Redick was always the designated technical free throw shooter, which makes sense. He's an awesome shooter. Have you noticed this year under Doc, Embiid has taken these free throws? While Embiid is a very good free throw shooter, especially for a big, it's interesting considering Seth, Tobias, Shake are objectively better. Are we just trying to pump up Joel's stats? Does he spend so much time at the line he's paying rent? Hope we don't lose by a point sometime and it bites us. Uh, yes, I think they are trying to pump up his stats, but also yep. there's a there's like a leadership. I think. Yeah, LeBron player, go take the shot. LeBron shoots techs, I think sometimes, right? Yeah. yeah, I would I would say I would like. There's a it's a different feeling shooting foul shots with no one on the line. There is you feel weirdly naked, right? And so, I would go with I think Seth to me is that is the purest shooter there that can just like sort of almost have a like zen like turn off your brain element to it of just like I'm doing I'm making the shot type of thing whereas I think Embiid and Tobias it's more about like rhythm and they're more conscious of where they are in the moment I would I would let Seth take this and his non-basketball question he says when you guys did the awards for the year I thought an unheralded and underrated Ricky moment of the year was when Spike mistakenly broke vegan to eat dog food <laughs> Mike is yeah. officially time we recognize him as a member of the good boy club am I in the good yeah boy? Yeah, you're in. I think so. So we'll talk to you Sunday. We have a uh, a guest on Sunday, um, <laughs> who is, I gotta say, was looking at his credits, is as legendary as I thought. Like, I will give hints. Not from Philly. Philly connection. Like, legendary musician. Yeah, but. Not from Philly, not a Sixers fan, but a big basketball fan, I've been told. So, Yeah. Uh, episode two of Young Rock oh, yeah. came out tonight. Tonight, yeah. Um, so catch it on Hulu or Peacock, NBC.com, or on many NBC reruns. There was a, I think the pilot reran on, uh, on, the w, on like USA for, for the WWE stuff, which is pretty dope. Um, it was NBC's... Best comedy launch, I think, in, since 2017. That's awesome. So that's cool. So watch the show. People are watching it. It's fun. I wrote episode four, so this is episode two. Um, and get me a friggin' season two so we can keep this thing moving. Mike, don't you think what people should do is go to their, if they have DVR, everybody does now, go to yeah, it. Yeah, set that series recording. Yeah, set the series recording. That way you have all of them. And that yeah, way, some Sunday, you don't have anything to do, just fucking plow through them maybe one yeah, Sunday. just think about me all Sunday long. <laughs> That's what you should be doing. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you on, uh, on Sunday. You'll listen to the pod, and then you'll binge uh, the two episodes of Young Rock. <laughs> it's a heavy binge. Uh, you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, lick face. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't, won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I, I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing